0: Good morning. It is the 1st of December. Wow. It's a a marvelous thing. We're uh, in Advent now and we're thinking about the infant Jesus. And it goes back to the Psalms. My thinking goes back to the Psalms that I was reading before and and said that uh, in Psalm 71, there are more than one, there's more than one thing that I wanted to bring out in that psalm. And so we talked about how God is our rock and our fortress, right? And he is that at different vulnerability times in our lives. One of the vulnerability times is when enemies or those who do not like us or those who do not love us or uh those who do not understand us or whatever it is when when they are against us uh, sometimes that's a tough uh place to be and it's a very vulnerable place to be but God is our refuge our rock our fortress during that time well There's also another, well, there's two other times, but only one that I'm going to speak about this morning. And that is the time of our birth or the time of our uh, infancy. Even in the womb, the scripture talks about uh, God forming us and forming all of our parts and even knowing our thoughts from that time, knowing what we would make, what we would become. Uh, He knows those things, and it says that he has even determined our days before there is one of them. But in Psalm 71, the psalmist says, For you have been my hope, sovereign God, my confidence since my youth, that's verse 5, verse 6 of 71 says, from birth, from birth, I have relied on you, you brought me forth from my mother's womb, I will ever praise you, and so at this admittedly vulnerable time in our lives when we are really incapable of caring for ourselves, incapable of even feeding ourselves, incapable of performing uh, the minutest of survival uh, behaviors outside of uh, whimpering and crying and cooing and And uh, doing all those bonding behaviors that little babies do. You know, when we are at our most vulnerable in our infancy, God is there. Uh, From birth, I have relied on you. Now, I doubt that the infant himself or herself knows uh, to rely upon God. But they rely upon God, if you think about it, in the sense that they have a mother and a father, and they are binding, I should say not binding, but bonding with their mom and their dads. They are with these two adults, or one adult, whatever the case might be, but they are totally dependent upon that adult. Now, I don't know about you. I have an idea about you, but I I can only know of myself uh, as, as holding my infant son or infant daughter I was struck with this overwhelming responsibility that I had, and I know others have felt that too and and it's kind of like well- well okay, what do you do now uh this This little child does not come with an instruction book, however, part of God's protecting us is seen in how we are hardwired as parents to care for our infant children. We would rather die than abandon our children. We would do anything and make any sacrifice to care for them that's what makes these families that have severe neglect. That's what, that's what makes this so awful. And God surely requires that kind of behavior, requires as far as, as uh, holding people accountable for that kind of behavior towards their children. And as most social scientists would let us know, that behavior is multi-generational, coming down from mother and dad, from grandfather and grandmother, aunts and uncles, you name it. It comes down, it flows downhill. And what really happens is that these people actually deny their hard wiring to care for these helpless children. So these children rely upon God, but that reliance upon God is seen in the flesh and blood, uh, hands and arms and warmth and care of the parent okay so uh, don't despair please don't despair because you're not going to do parenting perfectly no one does that and I know sometimes you know I've even heard much older senior citizens than myself look back on their parenting skills and go oh man i I wish I hadn't have done that, or I wish I had done this now it's it's not a, it's not a time to second guess yourself and i've I've spoken to those those folks, and I've said, Did you love this child and, and the answer invariably is yes, of course i I love this child. What kind of a parent do you think I'm? I said, no, it doesn't matter what kind of a parent I think you were. It matters what kind of a parent you perceive of yourself as you're beating yourself up now. But the the truth is there is love. and And when love is present, then our actions are going to be, by and large, love towards the object of our love towards that little baby and yes we will make mistakes yes we will be dumb and stupid sometimes but children are unbelievably resilient and that is built into them too they are unbelievably resilient when they have love when they experience love. So, mainly, let's pray that children today experience love. Uh, Love with skin. Love that is warm. Love that nourishes. Love that takes care of. And so, the psalmist says, from birth, I have relied on you. Now, Even in our most vulnerable state, God provides for our safety. He is the one ultimately that has put within the parent or the grandparent or the aunt or the uncle or the older sister. He's put within this parent the ability to know and experience love, and to be able to pass that on to their children. One time, not as an infant, but uh, as a, a child of around eight, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, I was riding my bicycle, and my mom was at work, and my dad was at work, and I was off school and I was riding my bicycle. I wasn't paying attention to where I was going, which is not uncommon for uh, little uh, Doogie Schaeff. And uh, I passed over a ramp and and fell uh, over this ramp, over the side of the ramp, and I I hit my my uh, mouth hard on the uh, on the pole at the bottom of this ramp. It's kind of hard to describe. Now, it's been many years ago, but I remember being really wounded, and a few of the teenagers that were around got me back to my house, and nobody was home. But when my mother came home and she saw me, she was uh, she was really, really worried and upset And she took care of me, and she put cold compresses on my mouth. She examined whether it was necessary for me to go to the doctor and determined that I could best be treated at home. And I just remember some real tender, loving care at that time. Later, my mother told me, she said, you know, Doug, I... I still think I was wrong. I should have taken you to the doctor. I really should have. Uh, What kind of a mother was I at that time? And I said, Mom, you were a wonderful mother. You took care of me. You made sure that I was healing. You made sure that I was loved. You made sure that I was held and there was a safe place. What more could you have done? What more could you what more could the doctors have done? They would simply have done what you did and sent me home and uh, it eased my mother, but my mother, like most mothers that I know uh, well, it's possible for them to have some leftover guilt from those times of imperfect parenting but There are no such things as perfect parents. When I was going through hospital chaplaincy training in the Navy, we were doing group work in the psych unit, and we were working with some very, oh man, some very wounded sailors. Not wounded physically, but wounded psychologically. And after the one group therapy session, the psychiatrist that was overseeing us, he said to us, he says, thank God, these are his exact words, thank God for adequate parents. There are no such thing There is no such thing as a perfect parent, but thank God for an adequate parent. That's been 30 years ago that that uh, incident took place with that psychiatrist, and I've never forgotten that, never forgotten that. I never, well, who knows in in my aged states, but, I don't think I'll ever forget those words, because those words are the promise of Scripture. And when the Scripture says, from birth, I have relied upon you, you brought me forth from my mother's womb, I will ever praise you. You see, adequate parents are the gift of God. And we learn love at a very early age. We learn safety at a very early age. We learn character at a very early age. We learn that God takes care of us because. Of parental care and so when you think of this scripture from birth I have relied upon you you brought me forth from my mother's womb I will ever praise you think of think of Moses whose mother uh, defied Pharaoh's law of killing uh, children who I mean the male children Uh, she nurtured Moses and placed him in a basket, and sent him down the river to a place where she knew the Pharaoh's daughter bathed, and the Pharaoh's daughter found Moses, and took him to her own home as Pharaoh's grandson, and when she needed a parent to care for uh, Moses' physical needs, she was told by Moses' sister, Miriam, who saw Pharaoh's daughter find Moses, hey, I know a Hebrew mother who just lost a child, and she would be more than glad to care for your new baby. And so, of course, Moses' mother came into the picture. So under very trying circumstances, circumstances that are dangerous, There was Moses' mother who cared for this child. And there is also the hand of God that uh, picked up where Moses' mother could not. Jesus, when he was born, uh, well, when, when the wise men went to Jerusalem, And told the king that you know, ask the king where's the where's the child? What child? Well, the child that was to be born. And so the king uh, inquired of his of his theologians. Well, where is this where is this baby Messiah to be born? And they said Bethlehem of Judea. So Herod sent these men instead of going himself. And instead of doing his dastardly deed himself right there, instead of searching out for this child when he was most vulnerable, Herod sent the wise men and God warned the wise men. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I get ahead of myself. God uh, supplied the needs of Jesus this baby, this helpless infant who himself was, well, he was the creator of the world, right? But he, but God provided this child with the necessities of life through the wise men, through the magi, the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, they were warned of God in a dream not to return to Pharaoh but, or not to return to Herod, but to go to their land in, from in a different direction. All I'm saying is that God provided for the safety of Jesus when Jesus could not provide for his own safety at the most vulnerable, perhaps the only really vulnerable time in his life. Yes, God was there. This is a wonderful, wonderful text in Psalms because it talks to us about the safety. Now, I would like to end this by simply asking you to consider the most vulnerable times in your life and to know that even as God provided for you then he provides for you now he provides for you by miraculous acts of deliverance he supplies your needs through the love of family and friends he supplies uh, Your for your safety through the protection of the church. There is no vulnerable time in our lives. That God is not there. We experience God's great power. At the times of our greatest weakness. And so let us rejoice folks. Let us rejoice in this very troublesome time that God is providing for us in our vulnerabilities. Let us be wise in how we approach these days. Let us be joyful in faith, knowing that God does protect his children. Not, you know, not that none of us will get sick. I, I don't think that's, that's the case. But I do believe that whether well or sick, we are in a vulnerable state. And God provides the strength and the care in that state. May God bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Amen.